Relationships have ups and downs. And you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't work. In fact, we found that during COVID, divorce rates are increasing. And yet sometimes people say, you know what? Let's just let's just stick it out for, for the kids. Let's just do it for the kids. But should you really just do it for the kids? Becoming better parents, partners, and people. This is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad. I'm glad that you're here with me today. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of a nine-year-old third grader. Her name is Naomi. Usually, she will join us at the end of the show for the Kids' Corner. She's not going to do that today. She'll be back in a couple of weeks. And yet, if you want to hear some of her thoughts and ideas, go back to some of our old episodes and listen. And I started Positively Dad two years ago to be a resource for you. You know, most support out there for parents is designed for mom. We're here to be a resource for you to help you become a better parent partner and person. And it's no doubt that over the last year, it's been challenging. We are over a year into a pandemic. You've seen job losses. You've seen uh, kids out of school. You've seen economic challenges and many sorts of things. And, and, And with that might come some challenges in the relationship with your partner. Or maybe you and your partner are already separated. You're already divorced. And, and that might have brought some other challenges in. And, and, and sometimes kids, at no fault of their own, kind of get this stuck-in-the-middle type of feeling. You know, what's interesting about the pandemic is there's actually been an increase in people considering getting divorced. And we know that you've always heard it, you know, about half of marriages don't work out. And I don't have judgment about where you are in that. Today's not about that. Today's about helping our kids, though, through that. Here's some information, though. So uh, I, was, I was looking at a, a report from the Life Project. And they say there's a 34% increase of people searching for divorce agreements online in the U.S. In the U.K., they said a large law firm there that that specializes in divorce has seen a 122% increase in people considering it. It's a challenge. And and if you do choose to end a relationship, how's that going to impact our kids? And, and, and what sort of effect can it have on them in the short term and long term? That's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to put it out there. If you might be listening to this and go, oh, I don't need this episode. My, my marriage is great. Everything's wonderful and perfect. And we're not getting divorced and have no plans to get divorced. We're going to figure it out. I'm going to encourage you to listen to because I think there's some things about conflict in relationship that you should hear because no relationship is pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. I mean, we've got challenges from time to time. It's been a challenging year. So whether you're together or not, I think this is an important episode for everyone. If you aren't together, it's particularly important so that you can see how the little things that happen as you're kind of working through life and making things balanced between you and, and, and your former partner and your kids and everybody, how, what kind of impact that has on them. And then some of you might be in a relationship that's struggling and yet you're sticking it out for the kids and that might not be a great idea either. Our expert today is Dr. Carrie O'Hara. She is a professor at Arizona State University, and she's done the research on this. And she says that here's the deal. When there is conflict between divorced or separated parents, the risk of kids developing physical and mental health problems goes up. We want to be aware of that so it doesn't happen to our kids. So let's get after it. I'm excited to talk with her. Dr. O'Hara, thanks so much for being on Positively Dad. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. I'm glad that you're interested in the research. Um, you know, I'm happy to talk about it. One of the important things for me is to is to get the research out into the world so that people can benefit from it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So just tell us real quick a little bit about you and what you do, and then we'll get into our conversation. No problem at all. So I am an assistant research professor at Arizona State University. I work in the Department of Psychology. 
Um, and I, I'm trained as a clinical psychologist, um, but I spend most of my time doing research these days. Um, I study, broadly speaking, I study the effects of separation and divorce on children's mental health. Um, that's the primary focus of my work. I do a few other things, but that's really the focus. Um, and, you know, my work involves looking at existing data that we have collected in other studies and trying to answer questions like the one that we're going to talk about today. Um, and then an, a large part of my work at this point is working on interventions so we can figure out um, how to help families get through the separation and divorce and really help their kids adjust well and, and, and you know, get everyone through a, that transition um, in a way that protects and promotes the well-being of kids. Yeah, well, it's an important topic. And one that you have some specific research about dads, too, that we'll talk about in a second. Um, and yet what stood out to me, this is what the study says. When you read this, you go, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. We need to make our marriage work. I mean, this is the first sentence right here from Arizona State in their article. Conflict between divorced or separated parents increases the risk of children developing physical and mental health problems. So now you found this in the research. Um, yeah. And, and yet what you're not saying is, well, then stick together. There are ways that if your marriage is not working out and you need to move on, there are ways you can do it that don't harm your kids in this way, that, that don't cause challenges, right? Yes, absolutely, James. You are absolutely correct. I mean, one of the biggest things that we know, researchers and uh, you know, clinicians have been interested in this for decades. Divorce and separation is not new. Um, you know, when the first research started coming out, it was, it was all bad news. It was, you know, kids don't do well. Um, you know, th this raises risk for mental health problems, academic problems, social problems all across the board. And, you know, when you look at the research, um, when you look at a really high level, just at groups, um, you know, children who experience the separation or divorce of their parents, they are at, at higher risk for mental health problems and physical health problems. That's true. But what's much more interesting about that story is that there's so much variability. Kids have all sorts of outcome with divorce and that got us really curious. Um, you know, what, what does that mean? Why are some kids doing really well? Some kids even do better after separation. Why are some kids not doing well? Um, and so I would say over the past, oh, three decades or so, we've really been focused on figuring out that why and how, you know, how can we protect kids? Because we know that this is going to happen. And we also know that staying together for the kids is not the best advice um, without some nuance either. So it's really gotten um, a lot of attention over the last several years, um, probably two or three decades now, figuring out, okay, who's at risk? Why are they at risk? And what can we do about it? Yeah, well, that's what we've got to learn about. So I'll, let's take it in chunks. Let's kind of go chronologically. Yeah. So let's start with, um, you said staying together for the kids. Like if that's the reason you've moved beyond and we're, this is not a should you or should you not get divorced conversation. This is a, look, you're on that path. And sometimes some parents go, nope, we're going to stick it out through the kids. And then the day after they graduate from high school or Splitsville or whatever, and you're going, here's what I'm hearing, you, that you're not necessarily recommending that if you're on that path of divorce. So talk with us a little bit about maybe why that's not a great thing to stay together for the kids. Yeah, 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 it's a great question. Um, and, you know, when that early research came out and it was so much bad news, it scared a lot of parents. You know, it's a, it's a reasonable conclusion to think, okay, well, if 
divorce is so bad for kids, then we should just stick it out for them. But what I like to say is divorce is not bad for kids. What's bad for kids is what happens during the divorce. If they have, if they have, are exposed to a lot of stressors, you know, divorce is stressful. That's the way it is. It's stressful for parents. It's stressful for kids. You know, there's a lot of changes, really important decisions need to be made um, about who's going to live where and, and what, you know, school we're going to go to and all those sorts of things. So it can be stressful, but the extent to which that parents can protect kids from that stress or help buffer them from the stress that comes with the divorce makes all of the difference in the world. And one of the stressors that I focus on um, the most is conflict. That's something we're going to talk a lot about today because that's what the study was about. Um, and really, it's the bulk of the research that I do is figuring out, um, you know, why is conflict so bad for kids and, and how does that play out in the divorce situation? Well, and let's be honest, if we're getting divorced, there's probably going to be conflict. Uh, there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be challenges with that. And what your research showed is conflict uh, stresses kids out. And if, if not handled in the right way is what I think you're going to tell us and, and can cause some challenges. And one thing it says is, depending on the type of conflict and how that interaction goes, like you, there could be some fears, like your child may go, am I going to get abandoned? Am I going to get left behind? So tell us a little bit about, about that part of your study that, that what conflict that's observed by, or I guess even that you part you let the kids participate in conflict at times, what that could lead to and why we want to be careful of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So conflict, what we're talking about, we talk about conflict, because as you said, you are right on the money. It's look, people are getting separated or divorced for a reason. There's conflict. That's normal. That's part of the process. Um, so we're not certainly not saying, you know, get divorced with absolutely no conflict. That's not reasonable. Um, but let me tell you what I'm talking about. When we talk about the conflict that's harmful for kids, um, we're talking about conflict that's frequent. It's happening a lot. That's really intense. That's, you know, there's a lot of strong emotion. Uh, parents are being hostile to each other or yelling at each other, staying mad for a long time. Um, conflict that goes unresolved, you know, um, there's a big blow up and then we just go on until the next big blow up. There's no resolution to the conflict. Um, one reason that conflict can get particularly challenging for kids in the separation, the situation of separation and divorce is that oftentimes the conflict uh, becomes much more child-centered. So the parents might be arguing about things like custody, about child support, about where the kid's going to go to school, about you know what soccer team they can play on or not play on. So when the conflict starts becoming what we call really child-centered, that's the conflict that's particularly hard for kids. Um, so when we measure conflict in our research, we, we're looking at frequency intensity. Um, we're also look at a couple of other things. So we thought we think about, you know, when people think about conflict, they often think about arguing, fighting, um, that sort of thing. And that's true. We call that, um, you know, overt types of conflict. You can see it, you can hear it. Um, but there's also types of that are a little bit more covert that are also really hard for kids. Um, particularly in the situation of separation and divorce. So in this study, um, not only did we define conflict as frequent, you know, frequent and intense fighting and arguing, we also measured something called caught in the middle, children feeling like they're really caught in the middle of the conflict. Um, and this can be hard because it's sometimes not quite, um, it's not super obvious. It can kind of sneak up on you. So this involves things like um, a child being caught in the middle of 
of an argument for sure, but also, you know, if parents are asking kids questions about what happens at the other parent's house, um, asking them to sort of act as a spy, if you will, you know, was mom dating anyone new? Who did you see when you were at mom, you know, you were at dad's house, that sort of thing. Um, it can also be when kids are asked to pass messages. So, you know, tell yeah, your dad. That's what I was going to ask about. Yeah, I want to yeah, ask I about that part specifically, because I feel like, you know, when I'm hanging out with other parents and my wife and I have, you know, friends that are divorced, I hear some of that of, you know, what, you know, tell, you got to tell your dad that blah, 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 or tell mom that this or that, or, you know, I can't do that. Your mom knows that, like that sort of thing. And it yeah. seems kind of innocent and maybe in the moment. And yet, I guess it's, it, it could lead to some issues. Yeah. And you're right. I, I, I like how you put that because parents don't mean to mean to be putting their kids in the middle. It happens often without even noticing it, but kids certainly notice it. Um, you know, so definitely the passing, the messages, feeling like you're caught in the middle, it can lead to things like loyalty conflicts, you know, having to pick sides, that sort of thing. So there's a real, there's a real range of behaviors that can make kids feel caught in the middle, but when they feel caught in the middle, it's hard for them. And then the other thing that's related to that, that I'm particularly interested in um, is bad mouthing, what we call bad mouthing. When a parent says something negative about the other parent, that's really hard for kids. Um, and you can imagine that, you know, from the child's perspective, they're thinking, well, you know, if dad's bad, am I bad? You know, they're, they see themselves as an extension of their parents. And so when someone's saying really nasty, negative things about a parent, um, it's hard for kids. It's really, it really can, can get to them. And so those are the major things, you know, putting yeah. the kids in the middle, asking them to, you know, act as a messenger or a spy, even something simple, like um, a good example would be, you know, what did you have for dinner at mom's house? I was this, just this thinking weekend? that. What, yeah. what did they pizza pack you for lunch today? Yeah. 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 And so it's, you know, it's much more nuanced, but I think mm -hmm. that's something that we don't talk about enough. Um, you know, typically when we talk about conflict, people automatically think, fighting, arguing. And yes, that's hard for kids, but it's not the yeah. only part of it. So there's, there's, there it's, it, that's a good observation and a good thing to note that, that if you are either divorced or going through that to keep in mind that even the smallest little thing for your kid and in part, I guess really because the relationship between a child and a parent is different between uh, uh, spouses or partners that are moving on. That's a different type of relationship. And and so they look at their parents and in probably most cases, someone they love and care about and they trust and they want to feel close to. And yet the separation is happening. So there's some confusion there. You said that yes. um, in the study, you said that like depending on and I want to make sure I get this right. There, there could be a difference depending on how close that parent child relationship is. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So in this study, you know, the, the major research question that we wanted to tackle here is we wanted to know how does conflict exposure to conflict predict children's fears of abandonment we knew we know that fear of abandonment is a particularly salient um, thought emotion fear that kids have in this situation so we thought we want to understand you know if they're exposed to conflict does that make it more likely that they're going to fear that they're going to be abandoned by one or both parents. And then in turn, does that predict their mental health problems? So that was our first research question. But the second research question was, okay, if there's this association between exposure to conflict and fear of abandonment, does it matter what the relationship quality looks like? Maybe, 
you know, we thought, well, if the child has a really strong relationship with their parent, maybe that will protect them. Maybe that will buffer them from feeling the fear of abandonment in the face of conflict. Um, and we were surprised to find that uh, that was not the case here. When children were uh, exposed to high levels of conflict, they were more likely to report this fear of abandonment. And when we looked at the full sample, it didn't matter whether the, the um, children had a great relationship with their parent or not so great. Um, it did not make a difference. That association was, was there. Um, we got really curious about this. And our next question was, okay, well, does it matter if that relationship quality, the parent-child relationship quality, if it's a father or a mother? Um, because we had this large sample where we had, you know, a, a large number of, of kids in the sample who had their parent, who had their father, uh, you know, they were reporting on their relationship with their father and, not, and with their mother. Um, and so we looked at that, those sort of subsamples of our, of our study. And when we looked at, at moms, um, we found the same pattern as the overall sample. More, you know, more exposure to conflict predicted higher fears of abandonment. So same story there. But when we looked at the dads, um, we found something really interesting. We found that relationship quality, father-child relationship quality, actually did make a difference. And even more interestingly, it made a difference for better and for worse. Um, so what I mean by that is that it really depended on the level of conflict. Um, so when, a par when children reported a really great relationship with dad, high, you know, relatively high in the sample, um, they showed the same pattern as the whole sample, um, you know, more exposure to conflict, higher fears of abandonment if they had that great relationship with dad. For the kids who reported that they had a mediocre relationship with dad or a not so great relationship with dad, that association actually wasn't there. Um, so that was really interesting to us. It wasn't, it's not that the higher relationship, you know, the great relationship actually protected them. Um, in fact, that they, that association was there. So I say for better or for worse, because when you look at the pattern across the relationship or across the sample, um, what you see is that for those kids who had a really great relationship with their dad and there was a, it was a low conflict separation or divorce, mm -hmm. they had the lowest levels of fear of abandonment. They really benefited from that great relationship with dad. That's not surprising, uh, okay. right? Dads are so I gotta, we know that. Well, I gotta so we gotta unpack this for a second. The yeah. higher the quality of the relationship with dad, the less likely they would feel abandoned in a in this kind of split of a relationship. Is that what you're saying? Well, it depended on the on the conflict. So if they had so also all three things matter, basically. So if they okay. had a great relationship with dad and yeah. they were exposed to low conflict, yes, they had low fear of abandonment. That's but amazing. This is the best. This is the be that's the better part. The for uh -huh. worse part is the opposite. If they had a great yeah. relationship with dad and they were in a high conflict situation, they had the mm -hmm. highest fears of abandonment. Interesting. Which, so the the yeah. more so than mom. So they could be in the 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 there could be high conflict. They have a high relationship with the mom and there's high conflict. They would have the sense of abandonment and yet if they had a high a high quality relationship with dad and there was high conflict, that was even elevated. Is that what you're saying? You know, we didn't we didn't compare those levels of fear of abandonment between mothers mm -hmm. and fathers. We just looked uh -huh. at the association. Got it. Um, yeah. So really, it's more like um, for, you know, conflict was related to fear of abandonment. And it really did. The relationship with mom really didn't matter. It was always there. Was, there. It was, it was OK. All right. 
Yeah. So I got to ask you then. So you're saying if yeah. I have a if I don't have a great relationship with dad and there's divorce and there's conflict and whatever, like there was really no change in my feeling of abandonment. Is that because we already feel abandoned? That's a great that's a great guess. I don't know in this case. See, now, all you guys, if, you have question, a, but... if it says PhD next to your name, you'll always just say it's a good guess, except I don't know. So and yet <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. can, we can infer, we need the data. right? We, we can I think infer. That that's a, yeah, yeah, I think it's a great hypothesis. Yes. Yeah, um, I think that on the flip side, it's not surprising to me that mm. kids who have great relationships with dad would have this fear of abandonment in the face of high yeah. conflict, because if you think about it, they have a lot to lose. If you have a great relationship with dad after a separation or divorce, that's that's precious, right? And if you're also being exposed to a lot of conflict, I mean, it's not, you think about this from a child's perspective, you know, it might not be likely that they're going to be abandoned, but it's not improbable, right? They've already seen the dissolution of their parents' relationship. It's, yeah. So it follows that they might think, well, maybe I'm going to be abandoned next. Well, I, you know, their so. whole life, right? Their whole life, I, I'm a, I'm a product of a divorced family, right? The, the whole life looks different. Now we got multiple bedrooms. I got to have clothes over here. There's a lot of change for somebody to go through and to wonder, am I next or, or whatever? That it's, it's great stuff. Okay, so yeah. now that we've talked about that, we got to talk. Then, what do parents do? And, and again, this is not the podcast on. Should you work to keep the marriage together or not? We're assuming in this case, you've already made, you've gone through all of that and you've made the decision that you've got to move on for everyone's health and well being. And so you go do that. So now, what are the yeah. practical steps to make sure that you can keep your kids' world as good and positive and not cause some of these challenges? What tips would you give? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just say one thing about um, before we get to the tips, which is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, this is why I turned my research into intervention, because I I just love to for parents to make this difference. But let me um, touch on one thing that you said first in terms of, you know, not deciding whether or not to get divorced. One thing that parents should know is that it really that conflict is powerful. So we also know not from my research, but from prior research that actually kids who stayed in a high conflict were worse off than the kids whose parents got divorced if the conflict went down. So it's really about the conflict and what happens in the family, not necessarily about the separation or divorce. I started by saying, I am to say that divorce is bad. Um, how you get divorced matters. Get, mm. How you are married really matters. For so, yeah. so I think that that's important. Yeah. So if you have high conflict, even though you're staying together, it could still not be good. So you might want to move on. And the other thing, though, too, I want to make sure it's not just getting divorced. I mean, you could be having you could have uh, people who just are living together, they're cohabitating and there's a separation. I mean, this it's any kind of separation like that could have the impact. So that's that's interesting to yes. know. Thank yeah. you for All highlighting right. that. You know, that's yeah. very important. Yeah, well, give us the tips then, because I think that that's. This is this is what happens. I don't know what the percentage is. I did see a, a I saw two different studies. One said divorces are up in the pandemic, and the other one said divorces are down in the pandemic. So who knows what the truth yeah, is? Yeah, I don't think um, we have it, good data yet. But right. So what are the tips? So let me let me tell you what parents can do. Um, first of all, parents should know that they are incredibly powerful. What they do during the separation and divorce process can can help their children immensely. It can make a huge difference, and actually, that difference can last for decades. Um, we can talk about that if you're interested, but we have some longitudinal studies showing that when parents are 
reducing conflict, when they're bolstering that relationship with their children during separation and divorce, they can have positive effects for, for years to come. Um, so that's the most important thing that parents know is you have the power um, to help your children through this. So the big, the big thing is reducing the conflict. Protect your kids from that conflict. One thing that I often tell, uh, we often tell parents in our interventions is we say, picture in your mind a protective shield. And every time your kids are around and there's this opportunity for conflict, just picture putting up that shield. You are shielding them from that conflict. Um, and it's important to remember that kids can, they can pick up on it, right? So if, you, if you're arguing on the phone, if you're, you think they're in a different room, they can hear you, you know, they can feel it. So really try to protect that. Have those conversations. Look, as you said in the beginning, conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen. You're getting divorced or separating. Um, there are important decisions to be made. Conflict is, is normal and accept, expected. But have those conversations when your kids are not around. They can't hear you and they can't be affected by that. Really shield them from it. The more you can reduce that conflict, the better. You know, be really careful not to put them in the middle, not to say anything bad about the other parent. One thing I um, like to tell parents is I think, based on our research, that the best gift that you can give your child is permission to love their other parent. And not only permission, but support. You want them to have a good relationship with both of you. It's huge. Um, so those are the big ones. Reducing the conflict, you know, reducing the extent to which you put your kids in the middle or badmouth the other parent. Um, or other people bad-mouthing the other parent. If you have friends or family, um, you know, ask them politely, please don't say those things to, to my child about their dad or about their mom. Um, that's really important. So those, I think, are the biggest things. Um, you know, relationship quality matters, but, it, mm -hmm. but what we know from this study is that it doesn't cancel out the negative effects of conflict. So you really have to do both. You gotta bolster well, that relationship, but reduce the conflict. So that was my question. Let's say someone's listening to this and they go, okay, we need a reset, right? Yes. That we have, we have gone down the wrong path on this. I've bad mouthed my, my former partner, I've done whatever. And, and so I want to reset. How would a parent mm -hmm. approach that to reset, to, to correct maybe some of the stuff that they just didn't realize could be harmful? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So I would say, you know, start today, make a difference make those behavioral changes. It's not too late. Um, with regard to sort of repairing what's already been, already been done, I think it's important to reassure your child. Um, this paper would suggest, the study that we did would suggest that children are more likely to have fears of abandonment if there's a lot of conflict. So take that time to reassure your child. You know, even though, uh, you know, your dad and I or your mom and I are getting divorced, we will always love you. We will always be there for you. You are going to be taken care of. Make sure they know that. They might need to hear that a few times. Reassure them that you're there for them. That can make a huge difference. Um, the other thing I'll say is that there's some newer research coming out that talks about um, resolution. So when you can resolve the conflict or show your child, and this is true for uh, parents and married families too, conflict is not necessarily bad for kids. In fact, it can be a good socialization to how to resolve, you know, conflict resolution. So yeah. resolve that conflict, you know, apologize. You don't have to, you know, get back together, but you can say, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. Um, yeah. To make a resolution, that really helps um, calm children and calm I their fears. That. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, you said if uh, through a separation and then after, if you can keep conflict really low um, 
and uh, that it can make a difference long term. Yes. yes. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, my colleagues at Arizona State University have been studying um, an intervention program. It's called the New Beginnings Program. They've been actually been they've been studying it for um, for over two decades now. Um, and what they find is that when when parents went through this New Beginnings Program, this was back in the '90s. Um, they you know. 12 session program, they learn things like keeping their kids out of the middle of conflicts, bolstering their relationship with their children, those sorts of things. Those kids uh, whose parents went through this program were doing better in terms of mental health, substance use, academic functioning, social, you know, peers, getting along with their peers, any outcome that we care about as psychologists and as parents, um, they were doing better. And those effects held at a six year follow up. They held at a 15-year follow-up. These kids wow. are now young adults. Um, wow. And actually, we're collecting data now on a 26-year follow-up to see if wow. it's actually um, impacting the next generation. So so when I say that parenting is powerful, yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> well, because yeah. ultimately, you know, while the marriage may not have worked out, we want our kids to grow up with a great life and a sense of belonging and believing that they can accomplish whatever they want. And little tiny things, even like, what did you have for dinner last night? Like, was it good for you? Or did you go through the drive-through? Like, even that little thing can have an impact. So, creating the awareness can really help your kids grow up uh, to be the the people that you want them to be. I, this is fascinating stuff. Um, what is kind of the the take-home message? And think for our audience. Think for dads. What is the as they listen to this and we wrap up? We got dads listening who aren't divorced. This is not on their radar. They they're they're happily married. They're going to be married forever, and yet there's still a take-home message for them. What is it? Yeah. I think the take-home message is it really, what you do in terms of your relationship with your child and your relationship with your child's other parents. So the conflict, like we talked about before, it doesn't matter if you're divorced or married. If you reduce the conflict that your children are exposed to, that will protect them. Um, and also that relationship quality. I don't know that parents... Um, realize that the, the power that they have and how, you know, high quality parent-child relationships is like the most protective factor that we have. Um, you see it across across family structures, divorced, separated, married, cohabitating, all of it. Um, so I think the take-home message is invest in those relationships with your children. Um, you know, have quality time with them, listen to them, try to understand um, what they're feeling, those sorts of things. Um, and then uh, protect them from the conflict because you know you know that that's stressful for them and and like I said um, I'll say one more time because I think it's so important for yeah. parents who are going through a, a divorce the the most precious gift you can give your children is permission and support to love their other parent yeah. um, and to uh, to to support that relationship uh, one caveat of course is if the relationship, if the other relationship, if there's safety issues, that's another situation. Right. But even so, even in that situation, um, you can still uh, not badmouth that that other parent. You can talk to your kids um, about the situation in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're bad because yep. they perceive their parent to be bad. Uh, good stuff. Dr. O'Hara, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Thank you for the research and all you're doing to help families. And thanks for being on Positively Dad. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. I was so happy to be in here and join you today. 
really important information from Dr. O'Hara. I'm so thankful she was on the show, and I trust you got some value. Look, we, you know, there's going to be conflict, no doubt. We want to minimize that sort of thing when we're around the kids, and even little things like we talked about in there, like you know, what did you have for lunch today or whatever, can be conflict and confusing for kids. So it was valuable research, and her points about the impact of a relationship with the father, depending on how it is before and what happens after, really interesting. She does have a study that she's working on to help kids of divorced parents, and if that's something you might be interested in, uh, a, a study on helping kids cope with divorce, uh, they're looking for um, uh, parents uh, and children who are uh, in the children ages 9 to 12 uh, to be able to support them, and they'll do a quick 45-minute interview, and you can get a gift card for the time, and so we are posting a link to that on our Facebook page. You just go to facebook.com uh, slash dad. You'll find it. We have a link there. You can go, and, and maybe you might be able to help out with this study and uh, and support them as they continue to find out ways to help our kids during this time, so there you go. Uh, you'll find it on our Facebook page. Look, I trust you got some value out of our conversation today. That's my goal. If you did, would you share it with somebody? You know of someone who needs to hear this message, and it would be great if you'd share it with them. It also would be awesome if you would rate, review, and subscribe the po- to the podcast. Five stars would be great, and just a review about what we're doing to, again, spread this message out would be much appreciated. And, of course, we want to connect with you on social media as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. And then finally, if you or somebody that you know would be a great guest for the show, I like talking to you know, experts like we did today, and I also like talking to just dads about being a dad. I want to talk to all those people, so if you know somebody or you want to be on, just send me an email, james at positivelydad.com, and we'll get you on the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye.